You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears, of course, didn't play on the divisional round weekend of the playoffs, but it was a great weekend for Chicago Bears fans. You had all the Bears head coaching candidates instantly become available. You had a crushing Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers loss. And all of a sudden, rumors swirling about what felt like a pipe dream candidate for the Bears. All of a sudden, maybe potentially not going to return to his current team. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure that you hit that subscribe button to keep up with all of our YouTube video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today and every day. On the show today, we check in on the five Bears head coaching candidates who are all eliminated from the playoffs this weekend. How they did, how they've become available, and who the Bears should be looking at, who has some new questions, and who maybe was solidified as a solid head coaching candidate. Then we'll check in on the other name that's not necessarily for sure available, but not for sure returning to his current team. That is, of course, Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints. We'll kind of check in on what the news says and, and what the news doesn't say with help of our friend Ross Jackson from Locked on Saints. And then we have to wrap up with a devastating Green Bay Packers loss and enjoy that one a little bit more. And we'll we'll hear from Peter Bukowski from Locked on Packers, specifically just like how the, <laughs> just the, the disaster response. It's, it's fun to listen to the the struggle of what they were going through. It's sort of like listening in on opposing teams radio after the game. So we're taking advantage of our Locked On podcast network. But I want to start with the Bears head coaching search. We keep checking in on and this and the general manager search, but specifically this weekend with the head coaching search. Now, as a result of the results of all of the weekend playoff games, every single candidate that the Bears have been reported or announced having interviewed is now fully available for them to hire. And that was one of the potential factors here in this decision that was like, well, you know, say with Brian Dable and the Bills, for example, if the Bills kept winning, it would push back how soon he could be potentially hired or even second interviewed, depending on how the process was going to go. And like with any of these coaches, I mean, really the five that became available, Brian Dable and Leslie Frazier of the Bills, Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich of the Buccaneers, and then Nathaniel Hackett of the Green Bay Packers, all on the Bears' radar, all lost this weekend, all now available to be hired. So no waiting to see, okay, is this guy going to become available? Do the Bears have to wait too long to see, okay, we want we want to hire this guy, but he's going all the way to the Super Bowl. We can't hire him until after the Super Bowl. You start to have that sort of risk nervousness of like, is he, is he, are all the other candidates going to get hired away? Is he going to change his mind and not want to join your team? You know, or do you wait, do you hold out and wait just for him and let other candidates go to other teams? You know, all of a sudden, all those questions now are relaxed and answered that, nope, they're all available as of now. And as we sort of go through some of the candidates certainly did better than others in their losing efforts. I mean, Brian Dable still, I think, remains the the king of that group, the one after this weekend that no one is really questioning. No one's questioning Josh Allen. No one's questioning the Bills' offense because really that, that loss certainly does not fall on 
his offense and the, the not being able to do enough. I mean, Josh Allen was spectacular. The offense was spectacular. They were going blow for blow with Patrick Mahomes, and really the overtime rules were was what kept the Bills from winning that game and really extending what was a fun postseason run for them. And you can point some fingers perhaps elsewhere. We'll get into it in a second here, but like it really looked like a great potential offense for Justin Fields. The the one thing I would throw, you know, everyone's all in on Dable as the Bills' offense has continued to go great. And, like, yes, but I guess the, the, the hesitancy I throw in there is, like, there was never a, a, that much question whether Brian Dable can run a good offense. We've seen it in Buffalo all season this season. The playoffs confirmed that. But, like, is he a good head coach or is he just a good offensive coordinator? We know he's a good offensive coordinator, how we can't know yet whether he's going to be a good head coach or not. And certainly you, you, you are encouraged by him being a good offensive coordinator and want to give that a chance as a head coach. Certainly I understand that, but like there is a difference between him running the bills offense specifically well with Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and applying all that to Chicago as the head coach and not just the offensive coordinator. So that's sort of the, the touch of caution I'd like to throw on the Dable discussion. Defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier, I think, has some explaining to do with uh, how they did some, not only the end-of-game coverages against Patrick Mahomes, let him drive down in 13 seconds and get a field goal, and then a couple of different touchdowns at the end of the game, and then the two-minute warning, too. Like, it's, it is Patrick Mahomes, and it is Tyreek Hill, right? So, like, they've made many a good defensive coordinators look bad. So I'm not going to, like, rail on Leslie Frazier here as, like, all of a sudden the bad guy in this. It's just... Uh, there's some questions there about some of those late game decisions that if he gets a second interview that I would certainly want to be asking about if I was in that Bears interview panel. In the uh, in the Buccaneers game, of course, you have Todd Bowles, offensive coordinator. You know, they really struggled to get any sort of points going in the first, what, two and a half quarters? Or so, of course, Todd Bowles, defensive coordinator. I think I might have said offensive coordinator a lot because Byron Leftwich is in there too, right? Todd Bowles goes down 27-3 after the first, you know, three and a half quarters of that game, or two and a half quarters of that game, like, the Rams got points on them over and over again. And not, like, they weren't totally beating up on them, and they did hold them to some field goals along that path, but, like, it was not a strong defensive performance. And then even at the very end, right, they go cover zero blitz late, and Stafford, of course, gets it by them to set up the game-winning field goal. Why why you're going all-out blitz with man-to-man coverage single on, on Cooper Cup, who's been eating you up all game, like, Todd Bowles has some explaining to do, too, with with how the defense was coached and, and played in their loss. Byron Leftwich, you know, six points in two and a half quarters with Tom Brady, not good. You would think Brady and Evans, I know they don't have Godwin, and, of course, Antonio Brown walks out, so they're, they're not as dynamic of a receiving core as they maybe once were, but, like, still, it's Tom Brady. Like, the, the, there doesn't need to be anything more than that. They have Tom Brady and some sort of talent at the receiving positions, Gronk and O.J. Howard and Leonard Fournette was making some catches. Like, how you struggle to score very many points until the very, very end with with Brady is a question. Although, of course, the late-game heroics and turning things around the second half, halftime adjustments, right? Leftwich's offense, again, strong track record of the scheme there really being in-depth, productive, innovative, and not, you know, too cute or one-dimensional. And beyond just Brady, there's a good scheme underneath there behind Byron Leftwich. So, like... Yes, good system, good halftime adjustments, but some questions in the first half there, and obviously not able to really fully get the job done in terms of scoring enough points to outscore in a shootout potentially with the Rams. And then with the Packers, offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, one other's one the Bears have been interested in. Same kind of question, right? Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams can only score 10 points in a playoff game. 
Offense was entirely, completely limited without them. They, they had nothing else. I mean, they were checking down Aaron Jones for 10 catches and 90 yards or whatever, but, like, that was it. They could not get anything else consistently going on offense, not really adjusting, not really playing aggressive, not coaching aggressive, and how much you blame LaFleur versus Hackett. Either way, the offense was not good enough, and he is the offensive coordinator. You know, he's not going to have Devontae Adams in Chicago. He's not going to have Aaron Rodgers in Chicago. You could have Justin Fields could be something. It's probably not going to be... Aaron Rodgers, right? So some very, very real questions about Hackett, some very real questions about Bowles, about Frazier, a couple, some questions about Leftwich, although that really kind of came together, and I think Dable was the one who did the most good for himself on wildcard weekend. But all of those candidates kind of get cast aside by the big fish that maybe just maybe could be available. We'll touch base on the reporting on Sean Payton and whether or not he truly could be available from the New Orleans Saints next on Locked On Bears. The number one big fish I've always has available to me in my pantry is Built Bars, the world's best tasting protein bars. It truly is the top of the market of the protein bar world. I've tried a lot of different protein bars in my day. I'm a guy who likes to I go to the gym. I like to get a lot of protein and, you know, muscle growth and all that good stuff. And Built Bars offer me something I just can't get anywhere else. They really have been a game changer for me. I eat I eat them literally every day, and I have to kind of limit myself to eating just one a day because otherwise I would just go through box after box after box and end up spending all my money on Built Bars. But, of course, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate all over the entire bar, totally covered. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They are delicious. They come in a bunch of amazing flavors. But most importantly, they are low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein. Most of the Built Bars are 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of carbs, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and they taste like candy bars. I mean, it really is an unmatched product anywhere in the protein bar market. Head on over to Built.com, enter in our promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your next order. Promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, for 15% off at Built.com. We've seen how Sean Payton has built the New Orleans Saints. And that potential availability, for me, of course, should instantly, for everyone, I think, make him the number one head coaching candidate for the Chicago Bears. Obviously, would there need to be a trade involved? That that sort of next steps, because we don't even know yet for sure what availability Sean Payton could have. And based on the reporting, it doesn't seem like he's necessarily instantly an option for a team like the Chicago Bears. But the big report came out Sunday morning from NFL Network's Ian Rapport. He said, basically, sources say Peyton has not committed to returning to coach for another season in New Orleans. He didn't inform the organization that he will definitely return, which is not to say he is not returning. It's just to say he has not for sure said he would return. The key reporting in there from, from Rapport was, quote, it would be highly unlikely for Peyton to coach another team in 2022 rather the idea is that he's like considering a mini retirement maybe take a year off because it was such a difficult year for him in new orleans with covid and injuries and not doing as well that season there's a whole whole mess of issues in new orleans that could lead sean payton to potentially want to take a year off or just get a change of scenery right the door is open there even if it's not wide open it's more open now than it has been and for a while it's just been pipe dream that hey wouldn't it be cool if the bears could swing a trade for sean payton all of a sudden, it's like, oh, no, actually, uh, maybe he doesn't even want to be in New Orleans. Okay, that, that okay, we're interested. We're, we're on the edge of our seat. And so I, I, didn't want to I didn't want to take the time because we don't know how available Sean Payton is. I didn't want to bring on 
Ross Jackson from Lockdown Saints for like a full-on interview and go in-depth on Sean Payton as a coach and all that stuff. But I did want to use some of Ross's analysis of the Sean Payton situation because he's dialed into this New Orleans Saints team the same way that we're dialed in the Chicago Bears. And I think he has some really good perspective on how what what's going on from the Saints perspective and, and how Bears fans should sort of then therefore handle the news based on what we know and more specifically what we don't know. To me, what this feels like is reporting on something that hasn't been said as opposed to reporting on something that has been said, which is where I've sort of put all of my thoughts out there already and said, this is how I feel about this situation. It's more important to me that we talk about what is being said as opposed to speculating loosely around what hasn't been said. And so far, nothing has been said, right? There's no report that's saying that Sean Payton is considering retirement. There's no report that Sean Payton is, you know, any report that Sean Payton has told anyone in his circle that he's not coming back to New Orleans. Like those reports don't exist. So therefore, this story right now is all speculatory. It's all trying to fill in blanks, right? So I don't want to go super far into trying to fill in the blanks for anybody or anything like that, but I am happy to sit here and talk about what this could potentially mean for the New Orleans Saints. So we'll talk about sort of a what if scenario here in just a moment, but in terms of where the New Orleans Saints are right now, the Senior Bowl is right around the corner. HBCU Combine is next week. First week of February is a Senior Bowl. Right after that is a Super Bowl. According to Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com, Sean Payton is expected, at least at this point, to be at the Senior Bowl as well as to be at the Super Bowl. And if that's the case, then it seems that all things are just going to continue to move forward. Here's my example around all of this. When I finished up my episode on Friday of Locked on Saints, and I said, we'll be back with you on Monday with our Mock Draft Monday episode. Now, I'm coming back a little bit earlier, right, with everything going on. We're going to take an early sneak peek at Mock Draft Monday here in a second. But I I told you I was going to be coming back on Monday. If I didn't do that, right, if I just said, all right, y'all, I'm out (laughs) at the end of my Friday episode, there would be no speculation around the idea that I was going to come back and do a Monday episode. We promise your team every day I will be here to talk about your team every day. I don't have to tell you that I'm coming back. You just know because it's my job, right? Sean Payton is under contract for another three years. Sean Payton doesn't have to say, I'll be back next season in case anyone was wondering. It's assumed or should be assumed that he will be back next season. Instead, what's happening now is that as he's not, you know, replying to reporters or things like that, you know, apropos uh, Rappaport's report there, um, since they're not getting the information or getting the answer, nonetheless, instead, instead of just assuming, yes, that he'll be back, it seems like the assumption is, oh, well, maybe he's contemplating it. And to me, that, that, that's not I don't, I can't come in and really comment on that, right? I can't say, oh, well, it looks like Sean Payton's out. I'm not going to say that, right? My expectation, just like many folks within local media, is that Sean Payton will be back in 2022. Um, Is there a possibility that he won't be? Of course, absolutely. It's just like we talked about a couple of weeks ago where last week, everything's running together. Um, You know, the last time we talked about this topic, when the Albert Breer report came out and the other reports came out about, you know, national interest, national media interest and stuff like that. And of course, national media is interested in Sean Payton. He's fantastic in front of a microphone or on camera. He's great. So all of that made sense. But when we talked about it, we said, you know, is it possible that Sean Payton does end up taking a year off or going away or doing something like that? Yeah, of course, he's a human being. And he just went through probably one of the most trying times, uh, seasons as a head coach since he's been in New Orleans. He also got married in June, right? So this is really his first vacation, right? He got married in June and then they were in camp. And then they had an entire season that was a trying season, a tough season with left turns, right turns, 
you know, U-turns, roundabouts, all of it, a whole bunch of stuff going on all throughout the season that is just plain exhausting. And that was that's what a lot of reports are saying, like like valid reports are saying that Sean Payton was exhausted at the end of the season. So, yeah, take a vacation, dude, and, and take a vacation as a newlywed still, because it's probably the first vacation that they've gotten to take. That's not the honeymoon. So you better believe I'm not texting you back if you're texting me and you're asking me, hey, what's your what, what's going on? You, you coming back and you're not within the organization? Yeah, get out of here. I'm not responding to you right now. So. That's just my own like personal anecdote. I don't know if that's really the case, but you know, if it was, do I blame Coach Payton for that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. This is a guy that invests so much time, energy, focus on the human condition of his players that to sit here and have questions around him while he is caring for his own human condition on vacation just seems weird. It just seems intrusive, if I'm being honest. So... Look, it, it is what it is, and we'll figure it all out, right? We'll see it. Once, they ha- once there is something to say, then we will know for sure. At most, this is a Drew Brees last few years situation, right? In which, yeah, I'm going to muddle it over. I'm going to think about it and everything. That's like at most that you could even assume right now. But right now, there's no indication that that's even actually the case. Again, that's Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints helping us sort of get a better perspective on what's going on with Sean Payton in New Orleans. And I think it's a very good insight there that, I wouldn't have known about Sean Payton getting married and all that's the way he so, sort of invests himself into the team and all that. So I really appreciate Ross for being able to break it all down for us. I think the lesson here is that, like, yes, Sean Payton door opens a little bit more, but let's not instantly get our hopes up of Sean Payton being the next head coach of the Chicago Bears, right? Like, there's some logistical hurdles there in terms of trade compensation if, if there was going to be Sean Payton wanted to come to the Bears or would they mutually part ways in New Orleans is like a firing you know like usually if a coach retires like if if Peyton's going to retire take a year off and then be available next year he will still be under contract with the Saints and the team would have to trade for him I believe that's what happens with Bruce, Bruce Arians unretired to join the Buccaneers as they trade like a six-round pick for, to get him from Arizona where he had retired and not been fired from his job there so right there's some logistical hurdles there that would come into play with Sean Payton and I guess until we really get more details before we get anything else that actually suggests that maybe Sean Payton would be available for the Bears. That's about as far as I'm willing to take it. If things, if we get an additional reporting and all of a sudden this is a real conversation, then you can bet we're going to go deep in on, on Payton as a candidate and what it would take to get him to the Bears. But for now, it's still very early, but I want to at least address, address it because Bears fans are all over trying to get Sean Payton to Chicago, and absolutely they should be. And the Bears should be placing that call to New Orleans, to Sean, to whoever, to at least explore and see what it might take because that, that would be... A heck of a lot of fun for Bears fans. And Bears fans got a, lot, a heck of a lot of fun this weekend watching the Green Bay Packers lose in the divisional round game, a really catastrophic collapse against the 49ers in a big upset. We'll, we'll sort of revel in a little bit of the Packers fan misery and maybe look at a potential changing of the guard and end of an era, the power balance shifting in the NFC North, next on Locked On Bears. Hey, Bears fans, I want to tell you about an incredible app for basically anybody who ever buys gasoline. It's called Get Upside, and listeners of the Lockdown Bears podcast are making up to 25 cents cash back per gallon for every gallon of gas you fill up every time you fill up. You just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play. Use our promo code TOUCHDOWN to get some bonus cash back as well. It's super easy. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month cash back and there's no catch really just people who can if you end up filling up quite a bit and just cash back every time you can really rack up 
how much of the money you're bringing back just by downloading the Get Upside app. The cash back goes right into your Get Upside account, and you can connect your bank account for a direct deposit. You can cash out via PayPal or even use like Get E gift cards to Amazon and other online retailers. So super easy to use. Just download the free Get Upside app. Enter in our promo code Touchdown, and they're going to give you a bonus twenty five cents on your first gallon. So up to fifty cents per gallon cash back on your first tank and then 25 cents per gallon cash back every time thereafter just download the get upside app enter in our promo code touchdown touchdowns were hard to come by for the green bay packers and their loss to the san francisco 49ers in a game that like i was assuming the packers wouldn't have too much trouble with a game that vegas had the packers as heavy favorites and that i believe like even like the packers were had a better odds to win by double digits than the 49ers did to to win. You know, like it was just very clearly heavily in the Packers' favor at Lambeau Field. You know, a bunch of players coming back healthy, and they just couldn't get the offense going. I mean, the defense played well, but then, there's, of course, their special teams absolutely collapsed in the most Green Bay Packers way possible. And in a season when the Packers were all in on trying to win the Super Bowl this year, you know, last dance, Aaron Rodgers drama, and patching everything up and getting all these players out. Like, this was going to be at least their run to fix their mistakes from last season and either go to the Super Bowl or get back to the championship game and and have a second shot at where they just came up so short last year. And now they won't even get that. And it could be the end of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. It could be a bunch of free agents. They're bad salary cap space. There's a big mess coming in Green Bay. And so often, the Bears have been on the butt of these jokes. And a lot of listeners of this podcast haven't always been huge fans of Locked on Packers host Peter Bukowski, you know, the way he does a very good job at at breaking down the Green Bay Packers, a team that has just been superior, and it, it can be frustrating and all that. And so today, I wanted to put the shoe on the other foot and really enjoy some some schadenfreude. You know, I, I, I draw a line here of, like, you know, laughing too much at someone's misery, but this is this is sports. This is the team. This is a, a, a spoiled team losing a playoff game, not something more real or hesitant or devastating to where, like, we should, you know, this is not a time where we need to feel bad for Packers fans. Like, you know, I felt bad for Giants fans when the Bears were beating up on the Giants. They had Mike Glennon and really just, that was miserable for Giants fans. Like, I, I felt bad for them. I don't, I don't feel bad for Packers fans after everything that they've had to go through. And I don't feel bad for Peter Bukowski. And I think, I think it's really easy to laugh at and enjoy the sort of meltdown that the Packers had and the reaction to the meltdown from Peter on Locked On Packers. As bad a loss as the Green Bay Packers have had in modern franchise history. That is what we are looking at. That is not hyperbole. That is not armchair quarterbacking 15 minutes after the game ends. This was the number one seed. This was the best team in football. They were the odds on favorite to win the Super Bowl. I looked up and adjusted money line bet. And according to the Vegas odds makers, it was more likely based on the implied odds that the Packers were going to win by double digits than the 49ers would win. Jair Alexander comes back. Zadarius Smith comes back. Now, David Bakhtiari didn't play, and certainly that impacted this game in some way. The 49ers were able to pressure Rodgers. This was a catastrophic failure. Worse than in 2014, because Rodgers was not healthy in 2014. You played in Seattle in 2014. 
And the Seahawks were the number one seed, a team that had already beaten the crap out of the Packers in the regular season that year. The Packers were the best team. They played all season to have this game at home, to be in this position, to get these players back. And they played scared. After the opening drive, when they marched down the field, brilliantly mixing run and pass, Matt LaFleur was absolutely magnificent on the opening drive. On the second drive, they're coming down the field. It looks like they're about to make it 14-0. Mercedes Lewis fumbles. Now the Vikings, or the Vikings, seems like it. The 49ers aren't able to do anything with it, but it didn't matter. It knocked them out of rhythm, and from there, they played scared. Aaron Rodgers played scared. Matt LaFleur coached scared, and dear God, the special teams. I mean, in a game that you lose by three, you give up three points on a blocked field goal after Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones combined for an unbelievable play. End of the half, San Francisco thinks they're going to get the ball back. They call timeout. Rodgers manufactures something out of nothing. 75-yard catch and run by Aaron Jones to set up a field goal that would have made it a, a 10-3 game. And, or it was it 10 nothing, And it gets blocked. 49ers come out. It was. 49ers come out. They get the field goal. The Packers, leading 10-3, get a punt blocked. A punt blocked turns into a touchdown. It is 10-10. The Packers, they get the ball back. They could do nothing. Every criticism of Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur that you want to level at them right now is fair because the expectations were too high for it to go out like this, to go out against... The sixth seed. This is embarrassing. This is franchise altering. Because if it's not this team, with Jair Alexander coming back and Zadarius Smith coming back, and maybe if you win this game, David Bakhtiari coming back next week. If it's not this team, what team is it going to be? This was the team in the last dance and the team that now could look fundamentally different next year. And the questions are going to start immediately about the future of Aaron Rodgers, about the future of this franchise, about the future of Devontae Adams. We're pretty sure we know what the future of Maurice Strayton is. He got. And that decision goes back to last year when Matt LaFleur, who has been excellent, excellent at putting together a staff, Nathaniel Hackett is now a head coaching candidate and, and a deserved one. Joe Barry came in and improved this defense. This defense played well enough to win this football game. I mean, the 49ers had had negative yards in the first quarter. This was a, a dominating defensive performance by the Green Bay Packers. They allowed six points in this game. You allow six points at home in a playoff game with Aaron Rodgers, you should win by 20. You should win by 30. This is an institutional failure. Matt LaFleur coached scared in this football game. And Aaron Rodgers played scared. He did not play well in this game at all. How often have we been able to hear, say, think, feel that? <laughs> wow, again, that's, that's Peter Bukowski from Locked on Packers. The phrase, Aaron Rodgers played poorly. Aaron Rodgers played scared. Matt LaFleur played, played coached. 
scared, a catastrophic organizational failure, franchise altering failure. I mean, wow, that's <laughs> win, win, win. Have have not in my lifetime. I don't think, at least not in my being old enough to know what how football works. Lifetime have we had that level of Green Bay catastrophe, and it's just fun. It's it's. Something fun and different to to be a part of, and it, it it's at this point now with Aaron Rodgers' future where it's like, at least at least you can start to have the conversation of do the Bears have a brighter future than the Green Bay Packers right now? And another one of those things that we haven't been able to really fully say in my lifetime, you know what I mean? Like that's that's where it's at right now, where we start to have those conversations. If Aaron Rodgers leaves and all those free agents and all the salary cap stuff, like. This is a potential pivotal moment in the changing of the balance of power in the NFC North for the Green Bay Packers, and there's a, an opportunity there for the Chicago Bears to step up and take it. They have to hire the right general manager. They have to hire the right head coach. They have to make sure that they have the right quarterback and support that quarterback, assuming he does pan out to be the right quarterback, as we all think he can be. That's why we're paying so close, so much close, close attention. Jeez. That's why we're paying such close attention to this Bears GM and head coaching search. And you can bet... Any updates we get along the way, new interviews, new candidates, hiring, we'll break it all down for you five days a week here on the Locked On Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button, however you're listening, or if you're watching on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel, that's the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Appreciate everyone who's been liking and commenting on the videos, joining in the conversation in the Lockdown Bears Facebook group really creates a nice, fun discussion around this team. All of you out there who make Lockdown Bears your first listen today and every day, really appreciate it. If you're looking for your second listen, don't forget Locked On Bets has all your sports betting needs on the Lockdown Podcast Network and all of our different Lockdown Chicago sports podcasts. Lockdown Bulls, Lockdown Cubs, Lockdown White Sox, Lockdown Blackhawks, and so much more. We are here truly for your team every day, regardless of what your team is. And if the Chicago Bears are your team, well, I mean, you made it this far. They definitely are your team. That's why the Lockdown Bears podcast is here for you to help make it that much easier to bear down.